0: Most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw in Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh yeah, Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be.
1: You know, you, you can't overthink it.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Another edition of King and Foster here on NRM Streamcast. Tom Asoway in our studios uh, in Farmington Hills, and uh, we go out to the boys. I'm hoping to have you guys. Uh, when am I going to see you guys? back in studio again when we could be compadres uh jimmy when are you coming home again i've got, got i know you about your tomorrow. grandmother and all of that but when are you officially coming home
1: i'll be back tomorrow um for good i'll be up that way tomorrow. no not for good but i'll be back that way tomorrow and then i'll stop by in the studio thursday
2: all right how about you terry when are you gonna get parole
0: but i i gotta i gotta get, get permission from dr fauci here but uh I'm gonna try to do that uh, Thursday also, so fingers crossed.
2: I you
1: hope
0: know, I'm, so. I'm under. I'm under strict. Come uh, on, man.
1: Hey, hey, me and Mass, me and Mass gonna bust you out. So That's let it. us know what time we're gonna do a drive by. We're gonna nah, do a drive by. <laughs> not gonna stop either. All now, right? Jimmy, you're time. not alo-
2: you're not allowed to come back here yet, Jim. You got two weeks, man. You can't come in here.
1: <laughs> I'm <laughs> right. That. That only applies to to people who fly. I'm no. driving. No,
2: I, I oh, think yeah. it apply. I think it applies for different states. I don't know if I want to be near you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Isn't that> like- <laughs> hey, you know what? That's all right. Me and Me and Governor Whitmer got dinner got dinner Wednesday night. Okay, good. You let
2: me know if she's good with it. I'm good with it. <laughs> T T Foss, start us right, off, Jay. brother.
0: Jimmy, I heard a rumor. That you played college basketball at the university of michigan is that correct
1: <clears throat> uh yeah yeah yeah, i did a little bit i don't think yeah. so i don't, I don't yeah, see his yeah, number in the rafters
0: NBA, right? yeah. all right. i did a little bit <laughs> as a player you know we've had all the the protests uh with uh you know with the black lives matter movement and it seems like the people have gone through a metamorphosis now as a player if you were to come into training camp and get ready do you need to hear something from your head coach regarding the protest um regarding the black lives matter movement or do you just want to go in play ball and get ready for the season or do you need a meeting where you and the coaches talk or you guys talk about what's happened as a team or is that necessary or do you just do that amongst your teammates or how how, did, how would you like to see that happen if you were playing in the league now or, or at Michigan?
1: Now I'm going to give you two answers. (laughs) Okay. One, I'm going to give you my first answer as a player. I don't care what the hell is going on. I want to get back into the gym and play as a player. Number one, I don't need no speech. I don't need, I don't need no updates. I don't need no current events. I just want to get back in the gym and get back to my craft. That's number one as a player. Number two, after I get, oh, I feel like I'm back and, and, mm-hmm. and things start to settle down and I get my itch, then yes, I would want to have a conversation or I feel like as a team, you know, with, with mul- multiple uh, races and, and multiple backgrounds, that just as a precaution and education um, and out of respect of, because this is this is something that is is isn't light. If this is a this is a shift. This is a major shift, and and I think we have a responsibility, um, you know, to to listen and to have an open discussion and, and to be in the forefront. So, as a player, initially, I would want to get into the gym. I don't need no speeches. I don't need no meetings. None of that. However, I think it's important that. We take this time and take advantage of what's going on to educate um, non-Black people about what's going on and how it's affecting the Black community. So as a coach, I would definitely have that meeting and, and get my perspective of what's going on and how we're going to deal with it as a team and um, and then get their feel individual and, feel, and and get a, a collective feel on how they want to handle it. And then we'll just go from there.
0: All right. You know what I need to see? I need to see players take this more seriously too. Because during my dealings in the media, here's what I heard, what I saw. Particularly, I got to go into the lunchroom sometimes with the Lions doing training camp. I see the brothers at this table, the white guys over at this table, the brothers mm-hmm. at this table, and, and more of the white guys over this table. And, they, and maybe there's a sprinkling or mm-hmm. two. You guys mm-hmm. don't really intermingle with each other. And then, you know, when I used to, you know, stay at the hotel with the basketball team, I'd see a group of white guys leave and a bunch of brothers leave and everything. Do you Did mm-hmm. you do much with your white teammates?
1: Usually, well, my experience was very unique. And again, I told you, I was spoiled. I was spoiled because I thought that, you know, that was the way it was supposed to be. At Michigan, we incorporated everybody. The white guys, James Vosco, Dugan Fife, uh, Sean Dobbins, That's just to name a few. They would always come to our parties and we would sometimes go to theirs. So we consciously made that effort though. It wasn't like it was a natural thing. Like we were going, you know, like they were just gonna pop over and we were popping over there, we conscious consciously forged those relationships because we knew it was important for us to be successful. Plus, if we're preaching um, that the the atmosphere of family, then a true family is going to do things together and uh, bust through barriers and overlook things that you know may be hangups for other people. So, for me during that era, it was everybody's in you know uh we try to include everyone um but in the pros you know you more men people do different things their interests are different and so and they have forging, families. they got families too yeah and 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 and, and, and forging those relationships and, and and trying to get them to do things outside of that um in their personal time nah that's why you get paid that money it's professional when you in that environment treat each other you know, professionally, you have a common goal, do what you do. Outside of that, it's just like at work, right? You, when you go to work and, you, you you know, you go to the free press or, or anywhere, you don't always hang out with, with your coworkers. And it's the same thing in basketball. Um, it's weird because you spend so much time with them. and um, uh, but 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 at the end of the day, it's really just, you know, respecting your teammate and coming to a common ground. But
0: here's the, here's the difference between working at the news and the free press and the NBA. You've got 41 road trips or, or 41 cities that you're going to go to. And um, I would see the black players go together and the white players go together because you always go out to dinner. You know, very few guys just stay in the hotel room and don't go anywhere. Let's say superstars. sometimes they do that. So I'm talking about in those circumstances where you need a dinner – partner, you don't really need it, but you like somebody to talk to were, was there an integration
1: of players in those situations? Yes, there was, there was integrations, uh, not all the time, but sometimes, yes, there was. And again, it was conscious. It was a conscious effort of not wanting to leave, uh, any of our teammates out, um, regardless, and, and, and not just, you know, white, um, you know, I had, you know, teammates from other, you know, South America, um, Venezuela, Poland, you know. So, you know, culturally um, there are barriers, but you have to be able to or willing to communicate and 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 just really not be a jerk <laughs> because really that's, that's 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 what it is. Like, you know, you you should want to learn and understand what makes that person who they are or where they come from. That gives you a deeper understanding. That's what's missing in today's conversation, you know, or not even today, it's the past 50 years. That's the problem. That's why we're at this point again today. We have not been able to have a an honest open dialogue. So finally we are seeing, you know, non-blacks really starting to uh, you Get know, it. take the wheel. Or be, or be in the forefront. And that's because they're listening. We're having conversations. The generation now is, is the younger generation is a little bit more open. So, uh, you know, they're having an impact moving forward. And that's why I'm wearing my United nice. States, not the divided <laughs> states. I love it, Jimmy. shirt. Hey, because I want to ask you guys.
2: I want to ask you guys going forward. You just said it eloquently, Jim. Do you think we finally reached a point where we don't have to do this anymore going forward? In other words, do you think this new generation of people will will take the flag and finally say, you know, we're all human, we're all together? I watched Bruce Lee's Thirty for Thirty over the weekend. 1968. They're talking to this guy, and they're like, "How do you look at yourself? Do you look at yourself as an American, or because you, you were born, he was born in the USA, but he lived most mm-hmm. of his early life in Hong Kong? Do you look mm-hmm. at yourself as a Chinese American, or do you look at yourself as American?" He's like, "I just want people to look at me as a human." This is Bruce Lee talking in 1968. Yeah. We just can't we just be human. I mean, yeah. I was taken. I I I loved it. I mean, that, my heart was like really full when I heard him say Mad, that.
1: Maz let me piggyback off that story. I had to get a suit for the funeral. So today, this morning, uh I was in a, a store, and the tailor, young woman, she is Vietnamese. She told me a story, because she was like, you know, what are you doing here, blah. So we got into it, and she was, and so she said to me <clears throat> that um her new boyfriend is african and she had never would have uh given him a chance uh culturally because you know the asian and black culture of course. Know, usually does, yeah does not mix however this is you know the circumstance behind uh their relationship is is, is was just is really you know unique and am I'm, I'm saying that to say that at any given moment in time, throughout our lives, you know we can pivot, we can learn, we can change, and that's what this is about. And I think we 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 miss it. We're going to miss the ball if we don't take advantage to make our community overall white, black, or whatever um, out of this. You know, we have the we have the opportunity to really change the 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 the, the future in the way that. Racism is handled and looked upon and uh, tolerated in this country.
0: I, I think we will take the next step if if we let the young people take over. But what yeah. happens is people my age say, you know, we have more experience, we know more than you guys, so we're going to take the bull by the horns. But my generation failed in this area. My my generation uh, was racist. My generation didn't think rape being racist was wrong. So what we have to do is we have to hand it to the younger people who I think have a more open mind. Yeah. Um, you have to understand I grew up in Detroit where, I mean, you would talk to a white person and they would brag about, Oh, I haven't crossed eight mile in 21 years or something like that. Yeah. In other words, I haven't dealt with black people and I don't want to. Right. So we failed. If, if you're going to say it's up to us to get this done, it's never going to get done. We're going to still have racism 100 years from now. But these this generation that's eager for change, this generation that does more things together, if we put them in charge of it, I think we can overcome and go to the next level as far as race relations are concerned. I agree. There's, there's, There's a lot that's wrong, but you can't correct in five or 10 years. It's going to take much longer than that. I mean, for for instance, the educational system. White people on average are getting a better education than black people. White people on average live in better neighborhoods than black people. So we've got to correct the education system. we got to correct the housing system. And I think third, got to change the mindset. If we can get the education, the housing thing squared away, then maybe the mindset will come later. So, um, I know we we got a lot. I mean, it's going to take a long time. We got we're going to have to go through like four or five presidents for this to be corrected the right
1: way. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think I don't know if it, I hope it doesn't take four or five presidents, but I agree. I, I it's it's going to have to be um, a lot of education. And a lot of um, people who are willing to accept the change, and that's what I see now. I see so much pushback. You know, I, I think I saw a post about how racist do you have to be to protest against protesting against racism? <laughs> like, how racist do you have to be to protest against the protesters who are yeah. protesting racism? Yeah. So right. Um, yeah. So, so, but however, you know, and this is this is what I want to say you know and to encourage uh the groups out there who are willing to to do something is that you know the way that i see it you know the boys in blue they get a bad rap all boys in blue are bad you, you get a couple bad apples and um you know they ruin the bunch and that's what we're seeing we get a couple of bad ones who are who who are rogue because if you look at the cop uh uh his first name is Derek. i forgot his last name in minnesota chauvin chauvin, chauvin yeah if you look at him, you look at his track record, right? The first time he had an incident, he should have been pulled off the street. Yes. This he guy was bad at from the get-go. Right? So if we, if we don't allow them to continue on in the force and continue to, um, you know, really, I don't know, get this, and I'm assuming, get this, you know, kind of uh, uh, authority where they could do anything or feel like they could do anything and continue to do it once they get away with it, We got to nip it at the bud and and start making examples out of those type of cops because the ones who I know don't operate like that. Right. And And if they
2: did make an example of them, it would stop it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I just hope that we put the laws um, in in place um, and ordinances to, to make sure that those things happen Um, when you're a public servant and you're out here, you, you, you promise to serve and protect and help the community. But but really, uh, you you have the citizens living in fear. And that's what's going on. These no You know, the black it. community lives in fear of police. Anytime a policeman gets behind you or even looks your way, you know, it happens all the time. Every time a cop, every time I drive by a cop, I always look in my rearview mirror to see if he's going to pull it behind me. Yeah. Every time. I, I do, I too, by three, the way. I do Three too. Times. I know, and see, that's what I'm saying, Mass. And and again, white people get pulled out of cars and killed and beat up too. Women, like they do it all across the board, is disproportionate amongst the blacks. However, if we come together and to stand together, I know that we can make a change. It's, it's been done throughout history. It's just our turn right now to really. To really pull the well, no pun intended, but to pull the trigger. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. How about this, guys?
2: I talked about this mm-hmm. on my show with Clarence uh, a little bit ago. Do you think the national anthem should continue to be played at sporting events? Because there's going to be people that kneel. There's going to be people that stand. There's going to be people that sit. And the people that are sitting, some of the guys that are standing, you know, we're going to dirty look them. Before you know it, they're going to have a fight. There's words exchanged. It's already hard enough to go to a football game when 75% of the stadium is drunk off their ass. And I'm just there to watch a great game, watch my favorite players, take my kids to a game. I don't want to have to deal with the drunks. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do, especially on the late games. So now you throw the National Anthem in there. And uh, let me start with Terry. Terry, should you have it anymore?
0: I'm, I'm going to say yes. Continue to have the national anthem. It's tradition. <clears throat> it's the way to honor the country, and the flag, whatever you want to do it. So I would say continue the national anthem. And you know what? The drunks are going to be an asses anyway. If, if the Lions give up a fourth and 13 play, they're going to act like a fool. Uh, when I took my son to a game – We didn't have problems during the National Anthem. The problems that I was embarrassed about when I took B to a game when he was little, B, was the cussing and and everything that I heard in the second quarter in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. So I say go ahead with it. But it's different now, Terry.
2: It's different now. The National Anthem back then, that was pre-Kaepernick. This
0: is post-Kaepernick now. I, I know. But get over it. You know, we've had these protests. You understand, if you didn't before, you know, understand exactly why people are taking a respectful knee uh, during the national anthem. And you know what? I challenge fans. They're the biggest asses during yeah. the national anthem, hooting and hollering and screaming and acting like a fool. They're way more disrespectful than Colin Kaepernick <laughs> supposedly is. So address that issue.
2: Jimmy?
1: Yeah, I think we we can't do away with the the national anthem. Um, well, I won't say we can't. However, I just don't see that as a, as a plausible like you know reason reason to get rid of it through uh, these protests. And again, you're right. They're going to be drunks. They're going to be you know people who who are just looking to cause trouble. You know, you always got those type of people who are opportunistic. Yeah. You know, we see it in the rioting. So it's going to be people like that. What I am challenging people to to be is just to hold those a-holes who want to act like that accountable, right, band together. I saw a very powerful video on uh, YouTube yesterday where uh, this white male was screaming at a group of protesters who were white. And they were carrying Black Lives Matters, Black Fist, and all, all these signs. And they just kept yelling... Um, Peace. Every, the more he yelled and the more he screamed, the more he tried to agitate and get in people's face. They just kept yelling, "Peace, peace, peace," for minutes until the police came. Nobody, nothing happened. So I challenged the the people to 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 really uh, band together and hold people like that who want to agitate and create problems accountable, and do the best that we okay. can to stay nonviolent. But protect yourselves, all right? Because you're going to have people out there like that. So um, we got to have it. We got to have it. We're going to have it. Support us. It's the best country in the world. We all right. So I'm away. the PA.
2: I'm the PA announcer. I've done this at stadiums before. I've been on the PA system. So when they say, "All right, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for you know, take off your hat, salute the flag for the playing of our national anthem," do you think they should change that statement now? Instead of please rise, take off your hat, salute the flag, put your arm, you know, put your hand over your heart. Should they add in now, or if you respectfully would like to sit,
0: I, Terry, you understand where I'm going, going on here? I know, I know where you're going, but no, that's unnecessary. Okay, if, if you say you know, so, you can have it. You know, you know, take your hat off. I never put my hand over my heart. I always stand up with my hands behind my back. Okay. So I don't know if that's being disrespectful no, or not, but it's not. that's not. That's the way I always uh, do it. So but um, well, we did the Pledge of Allegiance,
2: of remember the Pledge of Allegiance when we were kids? Yeah. We had yeah. our hand on our heart, and I'm sure you had your hand on your heart back then.
0: That's because my teacher told me to do exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Always made my teacher.
2: Of course. I don't know, man. I just see trouble ahead if we if we continue with this. I don't want to fight.
0: Really I, I don't want to fight all right, you want to get rid of the fights and you want to get rid of the trouble? Yeah. There's one thing you can do. No beer sales. Yeah. You willing to do that? Yeah. No. I'm it's, willing. It's I don't liquid, give a damn. You know, It's liquid courage more than the national anthem that causes yeah. problems. If you have no beer sales, then I, you know, your crowd is going to be a lot more well-behaved. And I'm yeah. telling you, I mean, there's more trouble during the games than there are during the national anthem. I know that. So eliminate that. beer
2: sales. I'm just telling you the, the trouble will start Seriously, earlier.
1: So. <laughs> so Maz, what's your what's your suggestion, Maz? What do you think? No no national anthem?
2: I say no national anthem, honestly, or you change the verbiage going up to the national anthem and saying stand up or you could peacefully sit down, you know still respect the flag. that you have to change the verbiage, I think when you're introducing it to the fans because I get to see I know the I know the a holes yeah. around that yeah. want to start trouble.
1: Mm-hmm. And they can say, and they can clearly say, if you, you know, choose, uh, don't, yeah, you choose to stand or kneel or put your or hand on your yeah. heart, you know, yeah, or sit, whatever. Respect the person or the people, correct, in the arena next yes. to you. Yes, You get you know the anthem. If you do not abide or you become disruptive, you will be removed immediately. Yes, I and like that. Here, That's that's the
2: way. That's the way to do it, if you're going to keep it.
0: Otherwise, just get rid of it. They can't remove 20,000 people from the arena at once. Well,
2: then maybe they'll learn their lesson.
1: (laughs) 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 They're all not going to go crazy, crazy. Just the ones who are uh, a little uh, outlandish. (laughs) Just the ones that have had beer.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, Terry, you know I can survive without weird. the liquor. I'm the only one here out of us that don't drink. So you know me. That's just living my life. A regular. I'm just just a regular day Damn in my hell. life.
1: Hey, look, and then I'm just 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 to show y'all, ain't no way, ain't no way <laughs> that I'm going I, anywhere. And hey, you see, it's full. I'm not drinking. Hey, I, I cool. still
2: I still drink. You who? Uh, I still drink. No. I still drink. You <laughs> Drinking, and
0: this is not a commercial. Let me turn it around. I'm not drinking.
2: (laughs) All right, commercial, boy. All right.
0: What's the worst thing a a drunk has said to you during a game that you heard?
2: You have like 20 seconds, Jimmy. (laughs) Oh,
1: um, I think he says something about my mother. You know, do you hear that Uh a lot? Your mother stuff. Uh And it was the guy. Well, actually, no, I take that back. The one I heard the most was the 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 the, the heck the heck. Jimmy's frozen. Nick Newt's knocked him oh, out no. of the box there.
2: Nick Nicky and, oh, wow. uh, and uh, D-Mac are coming up next. So Nick popped up and Jimmy popped out. So we got to say goodbye. Terry, you stay well, man.
0: Uh, you, you bet. Thank you very much, you guys. Take it
2: easy. All right. Stay healthy, everybody. Enjoy uh, Michigan. <laughs> we're, we're all loose and uh, ready to go. Thanks to David and Angel Do behind the, the glass. D-Mac and <laughs> Nick Newt's coming up next right here on NRM Streamcast. It's Maz. Take it easy, everyone.